No justice, no peace. Black Lives Matter. Oh, what a night one, everyone. Welcome to Fantasy Suites Podcast. I am your host, Coco Olivia. And how great is this season already? Holy moly, you guys. I was not ready. Like, I am standing Matt James so hard already. Ah, like even more than I expected. I don't know about you, but he's just so charismatic. Oh, okay, we're going to get into it. But before we do all that, welcome to episode four. Um, this is your official recap episode of night one of Matt James's journey as The Matchelor. And it was so great. I feel like we have such a great crop of ladies and that Matt James is going to be such an amazing bachelor. Tons of fun. Um, that being said, there was also tons of problematic stuff. Uh, we'll get into all of it. Um, and we'll start by going as much in synchronous order as we can. There's been tons of new tea coming out um, today as well. We are Tuesday the 5th, the day after the, the premiere. So we have lots of new info on the ladies as well as um, some theories behind a couple of the eliminated ones, as well as some clarifications as to who was actually eliminated. <laughs> Because as we know, not everyone has been getting intro and outro packages, right? Kind of wild. Um, but it was a pretty good indication, I guess, more so this season than ever before, who is going to be an important player based on those intro packages especially. I feel like we got a couple of the memorable ones that ended up going home night one as well, but that's okay. We'll probably see them in paradise. There's usually a reason why they get uh, some scream time. So the scream time. <laughs> oh my gosh, was that ever a Freudian slip? Maybe that could be like the alternative nickname of this show, Scream Time with Coco Olivia. Low. <laughs> anyway, um, no, but it's usually those players on night one that got um, some screen time that we usually end up seeing later on in paradise or making some, you know, social media plays based on the exposure that they got. So Alicia, I'm looking at you, girl. Although I really love the whole ballerina um, entrance thing. And she was wearing a really pretty pink dress. So hats off to her. Uh, notable entrances. Holy crap. Um, well, we love Abigail, obviously. She's just an angel on this earth. Um, Abigail is 
born deaf and can hear with the assistance of a cochlear implant. And she just captured Matt James's heart right away. It was so obvious to see his connection with her. We won't go through all of the girls, but we can go through a couple of the ones that we noticed right away. I was texting kind of back and forth with my partner, and we both uh, <laughs> caught on to how into he was, into Mari, I think it was her name, Mary, Mari. He was um, the girl with the iridescent, pretty dress. And, like, the way that he was watching her ass as she was going up the stairs, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's feeling that. (laughs) I mean, who wouldn't? She's, like, everyone's type. Holy fuck. Yeah, she's stunning. Love her. Queen Victoria. Oh, my God. I want to die. Fucking live your life, girl. But... Wow, can we talk about problematic white privilege? Like, I cannot even. I feel like in the extended preview, she talks a little bit more. I can't tell if it's her or if it's Rachel who talks a little bit more about um, love is love and not seeing color or something like that. And we fucking hate to see it because, of course, that is racist. So this girl has been accused of bullying a former classmate for dating black men. So it kind of just begs the question if she's blackfishing. And I really fucking hate this, but it's really not surprising when you consider sort of the political climate that we're living in right now and false allyship and fake wokeness. So yeah, I'm really not fucking here for Rachel. Gross. Oh my gosh, you guys. So many interesting characters though, I must say. Like while we really don't get have a good feeling about her. I feel like she's d- still going to make for good TV at least. Speaking of which, Chris Harrison's fucking <laughs> entrance with Matt James. Am I right or am I right? <laughs> he like has a total bromance crush on him. I'm here for it. I love that he points out their height difference first thing. But it's kind of wild. When you're with someone who's tall, you just kind of do that. Yeah, it's bizarre. But you know what? He didn't really seem to connect with our bachelorettes all as much. So I'm kind of not all that surprised. Haven't they been seen, like, going golfing or whatever together? Adorable. And... Like, one of the most cut men on the fucking planet and basically has like muscled elbows. And so when he talks to like daddy Chris Harrison about, you know, about everything, he's just like, I don't know. It, 
it just feels as if like, baby, you can handle this. (laughs) He seems like he can handle anything. I don't know. We just, we love him and we hate anyone who's going to come for Matt James. So (laughs) there's that. Uh, And it's important to all of us that we protect Matt James as much as possible. Oh, and on that note, speaking of protecting, Abigail Herringer is an angel who walks this earth. Oh my goodness. I am here for it. She is deaf. She is ready for love. She is absolutely stunning. She seems super sincere and I'm just obsessed. Oh my gosh. Um, of course she gets the first impression rose and also the first makeout of the season. I was super here for it. It was really hot. Um, I think the first kiss of the season technically went to the girl who did the entrance bit with the pasta, but we're not going to count that because it was like a forced kiss and it was really awkward. Lol. Um, speaking of awkward, Kaylee, the hostess from Chicago, feeling super bad for her. It's pretty common knowledge at this point that the producers have been trying to get one of the contestants to do one of these semi-naked lingerie entrances. And I mean, while it's a good gimmick and it made for really good fucking TV, it was pretty obviously produced. I mean, like no fucking girl in her right mind is going to walk in just wearing lingerie. So let's all be really nice on Kaylee today. And I kind of love that she left the choice of dress to Matt, not going to lie. Although I really didn't like the dress. That me being rude? Oh, yikes. My favorite dress of the night went to Chelsea, hands down. Oh my gosh, she's stunning. She's like six foot two with that strappy, long black dress with the train. Oh my gosh. Someone call the coroner. I am deceased. It was so fucking stunning. Gagged. Oh, lol. Um, since it's kind of impossible to avoid, let's just address Kit, the 21-year-old quote-unquote fashion entrepreneur. Ugh, white privilege. And who basically looks like she was on like a Bridgerton type show. She's the daughter of Cynthia Rowley. And it kind of drives me insane that she would call herself a fashion entrepreneur. Y'all. She, of course, was wearing one of her mother's designs during her entrance. I don't know. Seems a little tacky. It's that feather dress that feels a little like 10 years too late, but anyway, and 
while showing up in the Bentley is a cool idea. I did not love this whole um, I'm too good for a limo vibe. I don't know. It's just like screams not here to make friends. I don't know, which is fine. But she might be one of the only ones, honestly, this season that's not here to make friends. At this point, it feels pretty obvious that a couple of the girls, or most of the women rather, have a decent idea with regards to the name of the game and how to play it and how to stand out on night one anyway. We had a couple of cool entrances and a couple of (laughs) gimmicks that fell flat um gosh pasta pasta lady I'm looking at you (laughs) just things I never want to remember lol and yeah without to no one's surprise Brie gets first rose Rachel gets second rose and so on from there And that wraps up night one. So what does this change for our predictions? I mean, a couple of things. I feel like Anna or Anna might be getting a little bit more of the quirky edit of the season, say like a McKenna or John Paul Jones type of edit, which is kind of fun for her. I feel like we'll definitely see her on the sands of paradise for sure along with Queen V, um, who I'm just like not, just not going to be here for. Uh, I also think that Sarah is going to figure pretty heavily later on in the season. So that we'll see about that. And Rachel as well, unfortunately. I do think that my predictions about Brie and the women who will be showing up later on in the season will continue to hold true, although those are unsurprising since most people are putting their bets on Brie. Fingers crossed. But either way, we have a an incredibly diverse young cast of dynamic women And I think that is something to celebrate incredibly. And we should just scream that from the rooftops. So that is very exciting. I was definitely getting genuine vibes from a lot of the contestants. And we are here for it. We want to see those real love stories. After 18 years of watching this ridiculous show, it's what we want to see. And seeing the first Black Bachelor finally begin his journey towards love and speak from a life experience and racial background that we've never seen on the show before. In terms of a lead, I'm just so here for it. I'm so here for it. Ah. I just wasn't expecting to just love Matt James so much. It's, I don't know, the seasons of The Bachelor are just, maybe it's just because it's the OG franchise, but just something about it 
rings so near and dear to that like fairy tale type of um, fairy tale type of story. And we love it, right? We're all, we love to love. <laughs> oh, that's so cheese. Uh, well, that about caps off the recap. Um, before we leave, we will give you a little bit of a bachelor tea um, for everyone who listened to episode three of our podcast, we were do- <clears throat> where we were recapping some infos and goings on around New Year's and the holiday celebrations. Um, you'll remember that Chasen and Nick were spotted quite extensively in Miami partying it up for New Year's several days in a row. Well, in a brilliant social media play, they coordinated drive-through COVID tests upon their arrivals home and DM'd, rather, uploaded, oh my God, how old am I? Uploaded pictures of their negative tests to their stories to prove that you know, somehow they weren't responsible for the spreading of the disease at all or being irresponsible at all. Lol. I'm rolling my eyes at the back of my fucking skull. Um, well, in a fucking subsequent story that I'm sure he's going to delete now, Chasen revealed that the reason why he was not at the men tell all in November was because he had fucking COVID. Oh my gosh. Well, how many other guys weren't at the men tell all because they had COVID? I am dying, okay? Like, what is going on? This harkens back to the whole question about the timeline of the quarantine for the contestants and if the actual quarantine guidelines were followed. Oh my God, I'm dying. But anyway, regardless, we all know that regard that Bachelor Nation is full of a you know, full of COVID naysayers and quarantine crew type people. Um, so we will just say everyone is just doing their best. Um, on that note, though, fuck you, Jason. <laughs> Seriously, you're a douche, bro, and that is not okay. Oh my gosh, so much going on in Batch Nation. It's absolutely wild. We cannot wait to see the evolution of this season and witness Matt James's journey to love. I hope we get the most romantic season we've seen in a long time. Because honestly... Lately, it's been kind of sadsies. I mean, fingers crossed for Dale and Claire and Zach and Tasha, truly, because they seem super duper happy. But, like, I kind of want to see, like, 
like, I want to see a wedding. I want to see another vaccination wedding, you guys, especially with Carly and Evan just breaking up and all of Carly's sad vlogs that she's uploading to YouTube. I just want to give her the biggest socially distant hug ever. I am also a single parent and doing it alone is not easy and going through a breakup like that is not easy. She's doing great, but she honestly really needs to stop appropriating Native American practices and First Nations rituals by saging her house when she doesn't understand the gravity and um, responsibility and spiritual practice behind doing that type of thing. Um, it was really cringe too when she was explaining that she didn't really know what she was doing and blah, blah, blah. And also like sage, is, there's like a supply issue now with sage because so many irresponsible white people are just harvesting it all the time. So grow your sage ethically, <laughs> burn it ethically or burn something else to cleanse your space. Love you, Carly, but stop doing this white people bullshit. This is ridiculous. Oh my gosh. I hope no I hope people don't get too angry at me. But this is it. This is what you came for. You you came here for the tea. You came here for the real for the real info, you guys. And I'm here to give it to you. So with that, oh what a night one, y'all. Matt James's season is officially underway. I cannot even believe it. We stand. Episode two of the recaps is going to come at you next Tuesday night slash Wednesday morning. I'm really trying not to put too much pressure on myself to get these out on Tuesday nights, um, but I'm going to try my best because y'all know I live for it. Um... Thank you so much for joining us for this fourth episode of Fantasy Suites podcast. We love you. We wish you the best week, Batch Nation, and we will see you again next week. <laughs> love you. Cheers. Have a good night.